Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, June 10th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash lockdown for 300% back on your first play. Got a little bit of a uh, hodgepodge smorgasbord episode for you guys today. We've got a mailbag edition coming up later on in the episode with Tony Ferrari. We talk a little goaltender uh, in the draft. We talk a little second round outlook for the Red Wings. Uh, and that was after we recorded four draft profiles with him. So be on the lookout for those. They'll be coming out sometime over the next couple of weeks. Subscribe. It's the only way to make sure that each and every morning when you wake up, those episodes will be waiting for you and ready for your morning commute. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk a little NHL playoffs. I am Noel Bianchi. I've got Scotty Bentley here with me. Still no Ethan. He's in the process of moving, so we're all going to cut him a little bit of slack on that. Scotty, how's it going? Just me and you, pal. Again, are you getting lonely without Ethan here, or do you think it's kind of nice? <laughs> I mean, I feel like uh, I, I mean, I miss Ethan. Yes, yeah, I, I, I miss Ethan. Of, of course I do. I feel like you you might be leading toward the it's kind of nice crowd. No, no, I miss Ethan. I just, you know, sometimes sometimes you guys get a little thing going and, and you know, I, I feel a little boxed out of the friendship circle. <laughs> uh, well, it's because we had that week to bond while you were gone where we were just running yeah. it by ourselves. But I mean, we we've, we've been running it by ourselves like most of the time. It's true. It's very true. So I just I feel thought like... that like when he came back, we could kind of bully him, but then you immediately <laughs> I don't I've never bullied anyone. I don't know what you're talking about. Well... <laughs> it's it's mostly just the 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 intro when he just you know really wants to say hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. That's really just where it comes out because I, I really enjoy that and I know that you don't. So that's just the only <laughs> that's really the only disagreement we have. Is uh, uh is is that is me being very pro his intro and you being very anti his intro. All right, so this uh we're gonna do a little NHL playoffs talk update yeah on what's going on there. We didn't really we only needed like one more segment, uh, so we're just gonna kind of take it easy. But obviously hitting it pretty hard with the with the draft talk. Lots of profiles. Go check check out Dylan Griffin on Wednesday. Uh, scouting on Monday. Tomorrow we've got A2 Seltonen. Uh, from Dauber Prospects coming on to uh, look at a couple finished players. Be on the lookout for that. So half of the finals matchups are set. We've got the Lightning beating the Hurricanes uh, to finish off their season last night, last night being Tuesday, uh, and then the Canadians eliminating the Jets. I believe that was Monday night uh, that they did that. So the Canadians, after starting the playoffs late, after going seven games with Toronto, were the first team to punch their ticket to the quote-unquote conference final. I don't know if we're calling it that or what. Uh, but they will play either the winner of the Avalanche and Golden Knights. The Avalanche are in a bit of a hole. Did you watch it? I know you were at the Tigers game last night, but but have you watched a lot of this series, Scott? Uh, and, and what are your overall impressions on it? Because it has been one hell of a series, and unfortunately for the Avs, the, the things have not started to bounce in their direction. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I uh, I didn't catch last night's game, but I I've watched almost. I think I've watched. 
every game besides that actually yeah it's been it's been really fun and it's uh it's really Vegas and the Habs both going far really just makes me happy because I want Jesper at six <laughs> and it's like a really good like oh I don't want to pay my goalie so much money blah 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 it's like well it kind of works you know so <laughs> I, I really enjoy it and I am uh, definitely I don't know if I'd ever if I'd ever go on record at any point ever and say that I'm rooting for the Habs um, but I, I, I would say that I'm 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 rooting for uh for Vegas and and you know if the Habs keep winning the Habs keep winning. I know and I I have such a weird feeling about Vegas like they enter their the league in 2018 they go to the Cup final against the Capitals. I was like pro Vegas that entire time until they played the Capitals and then I was kind of like anti Vegas uh and then they just got really good. Um and and I think last night like what we saw in game five, when, when Vegas took that 3-2 lead, we saw a team with playoff experience against a team that doesn't have playoff experience. And I think, you know, the, the Avs, they've been around for the last couple of years, but they don't have experience with a deep run. And Vegas right now, they do. They have, like, all of their top players have been to a uh, cup final. And so I just think that you're looking at two teams who, one, weathered the storm of an early, like, knockout punch from Colorado in those that that first game was seven to one. And then uh, Colorado wins game two with Vegas, I thought really has looked like the better team since maybe the like at some point through that game it, it kind of turned a little bit. They've been rolling. Uh, and and even in game five, like Colorado, I, I tweeted this out during the game. I said Colorado was just quicksand. Like the 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 goal they scored uh, to make it, I believe it was two nothing with the it was due five minutes before it happened. And uh, eventually Vegas comes out in the third period. They have all the juice and it just looks like a team that's been there before against a team who hasn't been there before. And I think that is something that I don't know if it's important for Red Wings fans right now, but I think it's important to remember that just when you get to the playoffs, just when you look like the team who is the best team in hockey, that's not always enough. And that, and, and a lot of times that won't push you super far into playoffs the Red Wings themselves in the early nineties had a little bit of a hurdle with that to, uh, to kind of get over that. And so I really think like, I'm not going to be surprised at all if the, the golden Knights finish off the avalanche in six games. Yeah. I think that's something that going into the series, I might've been kind of surprised and I've been really high on the avalanche um, really since before the season started. Um, I think they have an incredible roster and an incredible top line, obviously. But um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's a fair assessment. I think if you would have asked me that question, you know, six months ago, um, I probably would have answered a lot differently, but based, I mean, this series has obviously been, been incredible and Vegas just keeps being that, you know, thorn in everyone's side really in the entire history of their franchise up to this point. Well, then in a lot of similar ways, I think the same thing can kind of be said uh, for the Carolina and Tampa Bay Lightning series. I mean, Tampa Bay, obviously cup runners or or cup winners from last season, but uh, you really did see like, oh, there's still a different tier here. And obviously if Kucherov and Stamkos are healthy for the full season, maybe we're not ever looking at the Predators as the top team in this comfort or in this division. But I think that throughout this series, we just continued to see 
what makes Tampa Tampa and what makes Carolina the up and comer. They're still punching up. Uh, I am never thought I would say this, but I am kind of in on the Canadians. I, I obviously don't want a Canadian team to win the cup, but I would think it's so funny if they did it in this year when like after getting by Toronto in seven games uh, to go all the way to the cup, I think it'd be pretty funny as unlikely as it may be. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I'm, I don't know if I'd ever go on record saying, you know, like I'm, I'm rooting for them, but at the same time, it, it, the better they do, it really makes my Jesper Walls that fantasy look stronger. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be for it for sure. Uh, and then we'll wrap up with this. Just, just want to give you guys a quick look at uh, what's been going on in the NHL. Uh, who do you got in tonight's Boston Islanders series game six Islanders can close them off at the Coliseum at the Collie. And I think, I think it would be really cool if the Islanders did make a run this year. Obviously they are one win away from resetting the conference final from a year ago against the lightning. Do they get over the Bruins tonight? Uh, what are you thinking on that? Um, I mean, I hope so. I like, I'm Boston. I'm never going to root for Boston either. So like, I, I hope so. I guess, uh, I will say that I think that this is a game where, um, I don't know. It, it sounds kind of weird, but like they, I think they might kind of have to win. I think if they, if they, uh, don't kind of finish them off while they have, uh, in game six here, I, I think Boston probably wins it if it goes seven. So I, I would say that, um, if, if they want to, it's sound that's stupid to say, if they want to win the series, they have to win tonight. But like, I, I really don't see them winning a game seven against Boston. So I, I would say, uh, say it's very important, obviously for them to win. All right. Let's uh, talk to the people about stat here real quick, and then we'll kick it to Tony Ferrari. Did you know that 58% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Huh? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts a player in control and winning within your grasp. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. Your name, your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Uh, I have had an experience in, in, in draft fantasy, and the problem is with it you always kind of galaxy brain. You're always looking at it. You're like, well, I'm, I'll never forget the one time that I, uh, I was doing, I started playing fantasy sports was doing pretty well on the daily fantasy was just going NFL Sunday to Sunday. I thought to myself, Hey, the jet or the Steelers are playing the jets. Let me load up on big Ben, AB and Le'Veon bell. This is back in those days. And, uh, I was thinking like, these guys are going to put up a ton of points. Guess what? That didn't happen. Uh, maybe if I signed up with Stat Hero, they could have helped change that. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Also got to talk to you guys today about wealth fronts. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, error, error. Day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. 
They're trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownNHL. So to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownNHL. That is Whiskey, Echo, Alpha, Lima, Tango, Hotel, Foxtrot, Romeo, Oscar, November, Tango.com slash LockdownNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockdownNHL and get started today. The boys are buzzing. That was the first time I've ever read that. Uh, you got the R, man. Clean. Uh, feels good. Go to Wealthfront.com. Mestikoff goes wide. He's turned back by Kalanuck. Now finds an open to Kaiser. Back in front. Catch it. Scores! What a great play! To Kaiser, to Stetcher. It's 3-1! All right, we're here with Tony Ferrari from Dauber Prospects here to answer some of your mailbag questions. Tony was nice enough. We just recorded uh, four awesome draft profiles that we know you guys are going to love. Atu Ratu, Matt Beneers, Brad Clark, Cole Sillinger. A real good time. We'll probably uh, debut some of those next week, so be sure to subscribe. Check those out. But we also have him in here. We're gonna, we, 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 we locked him in the room. We're going to force him to answer some of your guys' mailbag questions. Uh, so we'll start with from Stimpy JD. He says, simple question, which direction do you think the Red Wings are going to go with their three second round picks? Focusing more on defense or possibly looking to stock up on goalie prospects? Question mark. If if a guy like, if they don't go with Jesper Walst at, at six, I think if a guy like Kosa falls out of the first round, they're jumping on that. I agree. Um, especially because they have so many picks. And then outside of that, I think Detroit's just one of those teams that are, is smart enough to go who's going to fall to us. If a guy like Ayrton Martino falls down the board a little bit, if a guy like, like Isaac Rosen or, or uh, Logan Stankoven, like these guys fall like, cause they're small players that, Oh no, like I can't draft a small guy. Cause Braden points, not that great. Like, oh no. <laughs> so like, I think those are the guys that they're going to target. Like Steve Eisman's smart enough to see the deficiencies on other teams, draft boards and target them. So I, I think they're going to go for guys like that. Another guy I could see them going for is Scott Morrow. Who's a high school player who I have ranked extremely high and people yell at me all the time for it. And, and I say, I'm like, man, I hate high school players. I absolutely, I refuse to rank high school players most years. Uh, last year, I think the highest one I had was at 100. And that was the only one on my board. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I got convinced into doing it. Um, but I, I generally don't drink, rank high school players, but Scott Moore was an exception because the, the skill, the skating, just the complete package that this kid has. Like every time he was on the ice, he was the best player on the ice. Like there was no question about it. Um, and, and then he went and played in, in the USHL playoffs and he was pretty good there too. Like you saw him at that level and you're like, okay, like this isn't a high school player affecting a high school game. This is a USHL player dominating a high school game. And, and I think he's a prospect that could be one of the biggest steals in this draft. I've said all year, and one of the things I loved about talking to him is that when I, when I asked him about whether he play, pays attention to draft coverage and, and, uh, and usually players are like, oh, I pay a little attention I, or, Oh no, I don't pay any at all. Yeah. He was like, I don't pay attention because every time I don't see myself ranked first overall, I get pissed off. I'm like, okay, high school players saying there that let's go. go. I this like is that. The this I like is the that. attitude I want. Like, yeah. he, like when I asked him about his style of play, he goes, it's an attack style. I'm attacking this play defensively. I'm attacking the play offensively in transition. I'm attacking the, the four checkers. Like I was like, man, like this kid impressed me in his interview more than any other player this year. I, he's going to be in the teens on my rankings again. And people are going to yell at me again. And then in three years when he's ripping it up in the NHL, I'm going to be able to show my ass just like I do with more cider. <laughs> so <laughs> it's Scott Morrow is a guy that we are absolutely let's set the, you know, set a, 
say the date right now. We are bringing you back on eventually to talk about Scott Morrow because you were the one who introduced him to us, I think like way back in like maybe January or something like that. And then, uh, you know, I obviously watched a lot of stuff on him, the scouching stuff on him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I'm sold. I'm there. So we're, we're going to have you back on to do the Scott Morrow profile uh, oh, a little yeah. bit closer to draft season. Our next question comes from Lockdown Blues, and I'm actually going to amend this a little bit. They say, do the influx of talented goalies in the NHL that have been drafted past the first round, like Jordan Bennington, make you uneasy about spending so much draft capital on a goaltender like Jesper Wallstedt? Here's my addendum. Or does the emergence of Spencer Knight seeing what he could have possibly done for a Florida Panthers team that has, I don't know, an extra $10 million laying around somewhere instead of Sergei Bobrovsky make you more inclined to say, Oh, well, there's, there's where that guy can get us value. Like if we can, if you see a prospect who can get to the NHL at the start of, you know, and be an NHL goaltender at the start of their ELC, which a lot of people seem to think that Jesper Wallstack can, do you see a deficiency there where people are saying, well, we could also have a superstar goalie that's making $950,000 and on our team. So I'll, I'll address this in long, three long addendum first... by me. <laughs> no, no, take it, man. Cause I'm about to go off on this one. So the first part I will address is whether emergence of guys like Jordan Bennington make me hesitant to draft a guy in the top 10 or top high, however high you want to draft this guy. And I'm going to say no, because Jordan Bennington sucks. He's not a good goalie. Hey-o. I don't care about. I don't care about him. Like, there are goalies that get drafted later. Yeah, Henrik Lundqvist was really late round picked, one of the best goalies of all time. Like it, it happens. It's go. It's, it happens in all positions though. Yeah, it's the weirdest position in, in the world because only so many people play it, and not every team has a goalie scout. A lot of teams just have anybody scout the goalies in the region. And like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like one of the things I had I did over the last couple of summers, especially last summer, was really just dive into goalies. I, I watched so many YouTube videos and just figured out the goalie position. I learned the techniques. I've learned how they transition in and out of posts and stuff like that. So I can watch a goalie and know what the hell they're doing because like most people didn't play goalie. So they don't know what's going on in net. Um, and I think teams are getting smarter and they're starting to employ those scouts. Now, as for your second year addendum, I think that is the exact case that, that is, is making me more willing to do this. I said last year that Yaroslav Askarov was a year or two away. I still believe that he's got a contract in Russia that's going to prevent that, but I still think he could play in the NHL next year or the year after. Um, we've seen Carter Hart have a lot of success up until this year, really, and he get into the NHL when he was 20. We saw Spencer Knight come in and be the best goalie that Florida has by a mile, and, and he's 20. Like These guys are coming in younger. These guys are starting to show that they're ready at, at a much younger age, and Jesper Wallstead's the best out of all of them. The absolute best. He's the most technically sound. He's got the most repeatable save pattern. He's got the most repeatable everything in his game. And I think there's a real possibility that this guy is going to be in the NHL in two years and be a starter almost immediately. And here's the thing that, like, with the, the timeline that the Red Wings are on, too, like, oh, actually, let me, let me back this up. Because I think the, the one thing that people, like, love to just throw out there, and it's almost like it, it's, it's turned what is a genuinely good point into something that makes me roll my eyes. And that's, well, yeah, it's all great and well and good until you got to pay him $10.5 million, and then um, you're not going to be able to pay the rest of your team. Like, 
when do you guys think he is going to get that $10 million contract? I'm pretty sure Carey Price played 12 seasons in the <laughs> NHL before getting a $10 million contract. And listen, I understand the ramifications of that. I understand that you could say, well, well, you know, seven years from now, you could lose him for nothing. Yeah, true. Or you could draft that guy like Evgeny Sveshnikov, who never turns out to be anything, can't stick in the lineup. Guess what? That's also nothing. Like, I feel like people's perception of nothing is crazy. And that's the thing that drives me nuts is it's like, no, there are, there are windows to be hit. And I understand that you're not trying to rush this rebuild. I understand that you don't want to do anything that's, that's going to handcuff you later on down the road, but the act of drafting a goalie does not screw your franchise financials up for the next 15 years. Like people seem to, to think it does. So your point about the free agency period going there, like he's not going to be a UFA until he's 27 or 28. That's seven or eight years. At least it's probably six years that you get him in on your team at a minimum and and don't sign him to a two-year deal after his, because his entry level sign him to a six-year deal. Yeah. Right. Give him, give him a little bit more than you're comfortable with. Give him six or seven and say, Hey, you're being good. Here's six or seven for the next six years. Then you don't have to worry about that for nine years. Like you said, Carey Price didn't sign that deal. until he was 30, which was a mistake in the first place. But the final point I'll make about goalies is that everyone's like, oh, you can't win with a, a goalie being paid a lot. Tampa did it. Montreal's doing it right now. And the fact of the matter Vegas is doing is, it with two of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fact of the matter is five of the eight starting goalies of the final eight starting goalies in the playoffs before uh, the Winnipeg Jets and uh, whoever else was eliminated, uh, Carolina, were first round goalies. Three of those players were drafted in the top 10. You can draft a goal in the top 10 and be successful. Like it's happening literally right now. Exactly. That, and that's another thing is the, the ignorance to all the obvious that's right out in front of them. I saw somebody like laying it out the other day uh, and, and they were like, look at all these failed goalies in the top 10 picks. I'm like, who? Like I, like you can name a couple busts, but like, honestly, if you're looking at like the success rate of goalies making it to the NHL in the top 10 versus players, I would imagine that there's not that much of a genuine difference in terms of guys who were lifelong NHL players got to a thousand games, all that good stuff. Anyways, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a debate that's really firing me up. Uh, this one comes from Kyle Demetrius from the Lockdown Sharks podcast. He says, given the strength of the last few drafts for Detroit, they're looking to be good pretty soon. Should they go some go for somebody that they uh, think will be in the NHL sooner or just take best player available regardless? I'm always the best player available guy. And, and for me, at six, the best player available is probably going to be Jesper Wallstep because I think he's the third best player in the draft anyways. Speak um, on it. In, in, yes. <laughs> And I, I only, I only say that because I'm a coward and I, I can't put him at number one. Um, but no, he's the, in my opinion, he's the only player in this, this draft that really has that true franchise changing ability in, in any other draft that player's at number one, I, I'll, I'll say he's at number one forever. And then I'll publish that he's at number three, but I'm going to say he's at number one forever. That's perfect. I think too, uh, I, I did the same thing today. We had our locked on NHL mock draft and we've been talking all this Jesper stuff. And so the Sharks guys really wanted Eklund at seven. And I was looking at the board and it was like between Eklund and Wallstedt. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do it. And I just, I picked Eklund. I'm like, I just, I, I, I didn't do it. I Ethan and I were in screaming chat. in the group yeah, chat. I was and like, then we booed him I, when he said he wasn't going to do it. As much as I hate to say it, I, after everything we've said, I don't think he's the pick in real life. And I was trying to like make it as true to form as possible. I just, 
that whole thing with Eisenman like letting slip, like we have players of all different kinds of positions in the top 10. Well, maybe not goaltender. Like, I don't, I just, that has put me in such a pretzel that I, I can't stand it. it. And I'm, I don't know which way is up, which way is down. Like it just, all he had to say was that little line and, and I'm ruined. See, for me, that was the assurance that he's drafting him. I know. <laughs> like, I was like, he's told us before. I don't listen to what he says, but no, like I will give you credit for taking William Eklund because the two, I'll give you my top three right now. It's Matthew Beneers, William Eklund, and Jesper <laughs> Wallstedt. So I, I at least respect the player that you did take about. Damn right. So, and, and the reason I kind of went with that is I was like, this is, I mean, he's the best player available in my opinion. Out of the guys left, he is like probably the only one, I mean, besides Brant Clark, who were left with an actual legit chance to go number one. So I think the rest of the draft is pretty high on him. And he also, as much as I hate to bring this into consideration, he gives you a chance to fill the 1C. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he might not turn out to be a center. He might play on the wing. Uh, but I think he gives you a chance to, to fill that out. And I don't think you're bummed if he doesn't make the transition to center. And so I just think that that everything that was there, I'm like, this. he's, he's probably the guy on draft day. Uh, yeah, my opinion on Eklund playing center is the same as it was with Stutzel last year. It's he can play center and he might play center eventually. I, I'm drafting him as a winger with the hope that maybe one day it happens. Yeah. Um, so we have also from Kyle, he says, it is, it, is it imperative that the Red Wings draft a center this year in McTavish or Lucius? Um, or do I say take a swing on Ratu at six or do they figure out center later and take who they want? Uh, it's kind of a question we just I don't, asked. I don't think it's imperative because even a guy like Mason, like Lucius, I think is going to be a winger at the next level. Mason McTavish is a 50-50 guy for me. He's a lot like William Eklund. Um, I think he can play center, and, and but I, I don't think they need to reach. I think they, they take the best player available. Um, I don't think they need a defenseman, but if Brant Clark's sitting there at six, I'm not going to say no to taking him. Like it's, mm. it's one of those things. And I know that the right side especially is just loaded up. But he's a, a really good player. And maybe you look at trading a guy like Kronik at, at that point. I, I think that's kind of the, the, the way I'd look at that. Also got to talk to you guys today real quick about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's now impossible to get all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why wouldn't you endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts in his computer, choosing only the brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. When you go to the auto parts store, uh, the brick and mortar chains, or when you take your car in to get a fix, they don't have that best interest in mind for you. Their job is to do one thing, get as much money from you as possible, but not at rockauto.com. They want you to get exactly what you need. They want you to get it in a few easy clicks and they want it delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why did why would you spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and just write lockdown in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. You're going to make a selection of reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Zadina going wide with it. Back for DeKaiser. Save the rebound. They score. Oh, my goodness. He's got four for Jacob Verena. So I put out there on Twitter today. I said, I don't mean for this to come off as braggadocious, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an adult that incorporates jock jams 
into their daily life more than I do. And so one of the questions I got was if you had to pick Jock Jams Volume 1 or Volume 2, gun your head, which one are you going with? I'll, I'll list off some of the tracks. Um, yeah. On Volume 1, we got Let's Get Ready to Rumble. And then they have Get Ready for This. Whoop, there it is. So those are the first three songs off there. We'll just go with the first three songs because, I mean, they're 20, 20 you know, songs long. <laughs> um, a, a couple other ones we have here. The Power uh everybody dance now ymca pump up the jam and uh yeah it's like the biggest banger off of volume one so keep those in your head everybody all right it's an impossible task i'm putting everybody up to these days uh we have man not a, not a lot of not a lot of bangers this is how we do it okay there's a good one set it off it's a good one that's a good one the macarena that's a good one i like to move it move it that's another good one. Uh, let me see. Yeah, that, that those are the. I, I'm gonna have to go with Jock Jams Volume One. Like, there's just way more name value to that addition. Uh, um, I think when you bring that to a party and you you plug in Jock Jams One, you're just gonna get a much better response than you do if you you plug in and press play on Jock Jam, Jock Jams Volume Two. And that's that's kind of where I'm gonna end with that. But I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Scott go first. I'm comfortably <laughs> going one. I'm comfortably going one. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I think there's a lot more, uh, a lot more, um, a, a lot bigger names. If you're bringing it to a party or something, Comfor- comfortably one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I was uh, number two started to get intriguing. Whoop there or not whoop there is out. I like to move it, move it. But as soon as mm-hmm. said Macarena, I was out. I, I'm going with number one. Number <laughs> one after that point. Okay. Let, <laughs> I like it. All right. Let me ask you guys this. Number one, the number one song in the world for my team just won a big game. I'm leaving the arena. Everybody's drunk and happy. And we're all like just happy in the streets. My number one, hands down of all time, I'll be curious to get your guys' opinion on this is right back where we started from by Maxine Nightingale. Just the (laughs) like, it just makes you like, it it just, you feel something about that song to me personally. That's like, I want to be pissed drunk leaving an arena after like a huge game five win, you know? Yeah. I respect that. It's probably, I'd probably go with something way more inappropriate. I'd probably go with some like hard (laughs) rap just sound like let's play shots let's play <laughs> whatever let's celebrate i like shots that's a, that's a good one that's i like shots one. if we're See, talking I... like nostalgia though you know oh, nostalgia. maybe maybe like after a series win you know i think that's that's when the uh right back where we started from really shines because it's like this it brings about this this tone of finish you know yeah. it, it, closing a chapter on something but what do you maybe, got scott maybe all i do is win maybe that's the one that's I a think. good that's one a, too. that's a good one too I just feel like, like, and you definitely have to play it at like the right time. You can't play it. Like you can't play it after like, like a win in like game two of a series because people would like give you a lot of heat for it. But there's just, we are the champions is just yeah. so like your arm around your, like, you're like yeah. your pissed drunk best friend. You're just like beer in the air screaming, you know, something just like somber and like slow, but just like, like meaningful. There's, yeah. there's, will never be anything better than just hearing we are the champions at the end of like some sporting event it is, it is the best for me. I think something that adds to that for me too, is like the, the stories about the Red Wings and 
the the guy who loved that song more than anybody else was Vladdy Konstantinov, and and that was, I whenever I hear that song, I think of Vladdy now, and just like picture him, just you know the the big drunk Russian brute teddy bear, just singing that song, and I don't know what it is. That that song makes me way more emotional now than it used to five years ago. Uh, adulthood, where songs from your childhood make you emotional. Yeah, exactly. It's like that man went through so much so uh all right tony thank you so much for joining us today man always a pleasure what do you got coming up uh as we as we go through the draft this portion will be running uh on tomorrow's episode so whatever you got coming up you know maybe this week next week or, or just anything you wanted to, to hype oh right now i don't got a lot going out consistently right now because i'm deep in my deep in the work for the fantasy prospect report the entire draft section in there is going to be all me this year it's going to be time to fun and then I've got my rankings that I'm putting out too. I've already, the rankings are pretty much complete. I'm just doing all the blurbs and all the writing. You guys know, I like to go crazy with that stuff and give <laughs> as much detail as possible. Um, so definitely watch out for that. The fantasy prospect report, I think is going to be for sale for like, I think it's like four 99 or five 99 for whole, every prospect basically in the NHL plus the draft and everything added to the thing and updated a couple of times throughout the year. Uh, I think that goes on sale July 5th or something like that. Early July. My rankings will be out uh, the 22nd or something. The Monday around the 22nd, whatever that is. And uh, they'll be out then. And that'll be my final rankings for the year. And then I get to put my feet up and watch everyone else put up their rankings. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we will have you back on. We'll, we'll do it that July 5th. So we can pro, uh, promote your guys or maybe not that day specifically, but you know, in, in that mm-hmm. week we could promote everything for you guys. And uh, yeah, definitely go out and buy that. I, I don't remember if I purchased that one last year. Like I was just like, I think I sent it to you for free. Did you? Okay. <laughs> there we go. So. Thank you for that. Uh, I, I always like get confused. Cause like, I'll be signed up for like some people's stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, at, at a certain point then I have like, I have like a hundred dollars in subscriptions yeah, just to people who have on my podcast and they're all great. And I, you know, I, I don't know which ones to say no to. So, uh, I it's just okay. It. I've lied to many a people. <laughs> I wonder if they know. I've always wondered that. Like, uh, Oh, I, I, I used to have that stuff. fear. They're yeah, like, every yeah, time, but... I used to have your fear about being like, Oh yeah. Like I've definitely subscribed to that forever. And then I'm like, I wonder if they've gone in the back door and checked it out. Is Tony on here? And if they present me, do I lie and say I have a pseudonym? Do I know a pseudonym? And I just, <laughs> it's, it's such a stupid web of lies about subscribing to someone's email list or something. It's just so dumb. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.